Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that will always and forever feel just a bit weird when dealing with Valencia oranges. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're celebrating horror's holiest day as we head back to Camp Crystal Lake as we comment over 1980s Friday the 13th and whether you've got a death curse or not you can listen into our show simply search for nightmare junkhead wherever podcasts are played hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it will download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your bing hole <laughs> good lord and i guess you can technically find us on bing yeah if you were to put us in a search engine and we're binging around we are binging <laughs> around uh, and if actually you do that uh, you'll find us on twitter at nightmare junk on Blue Sky at Nightmare Junkhead. Ooh. We are now on Blue Sky. Oh, fancy. And, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and Marcy face shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, October 13th, the highest holy holiday. If you find yourself wandering around the Kansas City area, uh, head over to Screenland.com where they'll have your holiest of holies taken care of indoors, outdoors, and possibly virtually. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, head over to the, not necessarily the Friday Night Fright tab. In this case, it'd be the Friday Night Fright AV tent. Yes. In this case, as the Friday this episode is releasing. It's movie night in the main hall. And we're celebrating movie night in the main hall with, I think, what is arguably... The funniest, my f- personal favorite, and I think because oh, it is the funniest, the funny, yeah. I mean, it's I, I, it's absolutely without a doubt my favorite one. I'm, but two, four, and the others are just kind of like right there, like a gnat's ass hair away from being like right. I, Freddy's my favorite killer, but I was thinking about this the other day when they're like, "Man, who's your favorite killer? Who's your favorite slasher?" Freddy's my favorite killer, but I think on the slashers. Friday the 13th, my favorite series. So that being said, then when we take in Friday the 13th, 6, Jason Lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. it. When the happy face tree kills. And, yeah, and you know, because where the red dot goes, yeah, bang. It even throws in a Sartre reference with mm-hmm. no exit. Right? It's wonderful. And I know we probably didn't mention this if on when you're going to hear the commentary if you go back on the Patreons, but now we have the Sheriff's Daughter. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so we technically, when we did Jason Lives, that was on the main feed. So we could technically revisit that over on Patreon if we wanted to. Oh, with to. all the new... All the, the vernacular oh, right? and the lore and the shtick. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll keep that to ourselves uh, on that night. Now, that being said, looking forward to the next Friday Night Fright mm-hmm. from 1985. 
a film that I really can argue is the best horror film from the 80s. It's one of your absolute faves, without a doubt. You're going to have to put flotation devices under the seats with the amount of sploosh right? that is going to be happening. Uh, oh, Greg, you're so cool. I can't stand it. Tom Holland's Fright Night, for real. Man, so this October has been full of great stuff. One of my favorites last week, one of your favorites next week. Oh, man, this is it's good stuff. It's That's what we love with Shocktober and Friday Night Frights. Now, that being said, the other repertory screenings that are going to be happening on the weekend of the 13th, and this is leaning into anime territory. So I'm going to throw the title out there, Genius, and you mm-hmm. tell me what is it for you. But my neighbor, Totoro. Totoro. My neighbor Totoro. Totoro. I love, I absolutely adore this film from the intro credits to Hey, let's go. Hey, let's go. Like everything about this movie. This was my first Ghibli movie, Mm -hmm. and it just made me want to dive more into this. I was about uh, 12 or 13 years old at the time, and my brother was about five, so there was about, so because there's a gauge gap between us, and so it deals with, like, siblings and, like, all this other stuff, and it was, it's a gorgeous movie. It's a fascinating story. It's simple. It's all about, it's, I, it's a lot of people's it's not everybody's favorite but it's mine because it was my first Your so gateway, like, gateway. yeah and i i love it i love that movie even the Amer- not the american remake but with the american redub mm-hmm. i don't know if it's good is this the american redub or is this i have the to go to the original? website to check that out i'm not quite sure okay because the american redub is pretty good it's got like dakota fanning and stuff in there okay yeah but i grew up on the original dub and so like uh, OG. I love this movie. I regardless, I think the soot sprites and everything. A good time will be had. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, and this was really we were talking off mic. This is actually a movie I have seen, and I went in because I was in my twenties, so douchebaggery. Uh, went in for the Rose McGowan. Came out going, wow, that was a weird movie. Uh, but have you seen the Doom Generation? So confession, I'm gonna. I can. I've seen my way through sure. that. But I've never actually sat down and watched the whole mm-hmm. thing. But, like, I know I'd like it. It's a weird one. Yeah. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Now, we're going to shock you quick here with the other repertory screenings that are happening for Shocktember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shocktober. We've got, of course, uh, thank you. Oh, my God. It's Shocktember is past, right? It's too so many Tembers and to too do. many S's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on, that, uh, on the 14th, we have this year's Carpenter Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, outdoors on that Saturday, we have A Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh. We have The Haunting from 1963. Ooh. We have Hereditary. We have mm. From Japan, we have Pulse. Ooh. We have the Are You Afraid of the Dark Marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome Back Horror Roulette. Ooh. And then closing out, we have Possession. <laughs> so... I know we'll see a number of you out there, uh, indoors, outdoors, palling around with our Screenland film family. Uh, but genius, hey, if we're talking uh, film family. Hey, palace. <laughs> that's a little unsettling. <laughs> hey there, palace, come on now. That is to say, we have our own little bit of a film family hanging out at Patreon. Speaking of Patreon there, come on out and throw your old, throw your old pal Bing a couple of bones there. Uh, 
I have some Valencia oranges I got to take care of. Ba, 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 ba. Don't, before those Valencia oranges take care of you. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells when you get that voice. If because you know If you know what's good for your boy, you will be. Don't, oh. don't talk back now. I've read the stories, genius. <laughs> I've read the stories. I know the lore. Let me lore. get out of character. Let me get out of character. Hold on, hold on. I don't want to Daniel Day-Lewis. Woo! I got to exercise his bad mojo. Good. If I make a mistake now, I can actually go back and edit and not have to worry about an orange being flung I'm, I'm my walking way. Into this, I'm walking into this store, and all of a sudden, you know, I can see the bag of oranges like some shining shit happens. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. <laughs> well... Regardless of the tier for our film family members, on the Friday the 13th this episode is releasing, <laughs> they're going to be hearing my thoughts on one of the slew of slashers that came out in the year of 1981, mm-hmm. a little film called Final Exam. Is that one that you've seen? See, we were talking off mic about this. When it comes to like old school slashers, I get them so mixed up sometimes. Well, there's so many of them, right? And like, there's so many times, so many ones that I've seen were in my early twenties, you know, where like I don't remember a lot of stuff. They bleed into yes. each other. So I want to say yes. Well, I'm sure if I saw some like clips or a trailer, I would absolutely like know or y- yes. Well, you'd know it from the the cover art. It's fairly distinct, but also, and the scre- the scene I'm going to describe you. If you've seen this film, if you know this scene, you've seen this film because this film, it's, I'm not going to say run of the mill. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I saw it. Right. That's the point of the movie. But the standout scene comes not from any of the kills or the reveal of the killer or anything like that. It's set on a college campus Mm -hmm. and there are shenanigans, right? Right. Well, one of these shenanigans slash pranks involves... A van full of dudes in masks coming out with M16 machine guns and mowing down people. I think I've seen that one. And like, because it happens at the beginning, like, yes. at the beginning, and, and like, what the fuck all is to happening? Get a frat brother out of a test that's happening at the same time. I think I've seen that. And like, terrible shenanigans ensue. Well, and it's, I was just like, good God. You another so time, another place, place right? Because everybody Holy played it off sh- like oh Pee Wee. I think they're Iranian or whatever he did when he called <laughs> the police, right? And they're like, "Okay, we're on our way." You know, like it's intense. It's intense, and my jaw just dropped. And I was like, "Well, that's what I'll be focusing on." Re- you know, my thoughts on that. So, um, to have access to that and so much more, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead. A lot to take in, a lot to happen. In fact, uh, of our members of the film family, if they are on the Another Time another place. tier, they're going to have access to all of our commentary tracks, mm-hmm. of which we used to actually go on the main feed back in the day. Right. Before we put together Patreon and kind of mm-hmm. made it a... Patreon exclusive. Right, for the film family. But it's a lot of fun, and we knew right off the bat, we've got a Friday the 13th. In the month of October? Right. Oh, Lord. You were like, let's do another commentary. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, but we've got a lot on the we plate. We got this to do. We got that to do. We got this to do plus Shameless Plug Media Rewind to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. So we thought, let's work smart, not hard. Mm-hmm. And maybe offer up to on the main feed one of our commentary tracks we did for the winner of the 2020 Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Yes. 
And one that is definitely near and dear to our heart, and that is the 1980 classic Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was on Patreon, so this one's a lot of fun to record. Now, that being said, our commentary tracks are very conversational. You don't necessarily need to have the movie on, I think, to really listen along and enjoy. Right. We're not scene specific. I mean, we go on tangents, so we try and talk a little bit about the movie, but we have the movie playing in the background. Well, but we will comment on certain scenes. Oh, there's some scenes where we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we make sure that this is, especially with Friday the 13th and like a lot of our commentaries, we try to make sure that they're a movie that we've seen multiple times. Mm -hmm. And we, if you're out there and you're listening, you've probably seen this movie multiple times. That's just it. You can probably just go along without. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, of course, they play better with the film of itself. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, we are going to be utilizing uh, one of the Blu-rays from the lovely Scream Factory uh, box set. We've got everything set up to play right before the Paramount logo pulls up. Mm-hmm. And we like to do a Lethal Weapon-style countdown. Where we're going to go three, two, one, and then we're going to push play. And again, for access to this, uh, head over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. We've got over, in this case, 40-some-odd commentary tracks, mm-hmm. 40-some-odd new horror episodes, over five, uh, 400, no, 500. I've seen that episode. Wow, dude. You, got, yeah. you knocked some out. I've seen over 500 new films since we started all this. Nice. It's nice. It's, it's good. It's good. So Chock full. Now, it should be noted, I do have the short shorts on, mm-hmm. so I'm ready. I'm ready. So, oh, yeah. Are, are you ready? I, I got my Marcy face on. This is, where, <laughs> this is where we need video. We need video. So let's get ready to head back to Camp Crystal Lake in. Ready, Palace? We're going to go in a three, two, one, and then we're going to push play. Remember that. Now you better remember that. All right, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one, play. Well, if we are under the familiar and warm glow of the Paramount logo. It's just like in all the trailer wars or something, the uh, the trauma trailer wars. Whenever we see like, oh, Paramount must be a Friday. Well, you, when, I know for some people they had, uh, if it's Halloween, it's, a, it's time for a Saw film. Mm-hmm. Well, therefore, a number of years, if there's a Friday the 13th, you're getting a Friday the 13th. He didn't extend to it. I always like the way that this movie is kind of played as a whodunit. Like, almost not quite American Jallo, because there's no, like, black gloves and hats and stuff. But at the same time, there is a case for it. I will totally make the case as this being American Jallo uh, to the fact that we this is one of the few films in the franchise, and this, again, a film that launched a franchise that remains kind of a rip of Ten Little Indians mm-hmm. because it's a mystery. Yeah, a whodunit. We do not know who the killer is who is going through all these well-meaning and well-established counselors and counselors in training. So let me ask you, did you ever go to camp? I went to Camp Wildwood as a kid. I stayed there for probably about five days, so it was definitely an overnighter. Mm-hmm. And I had seen a number of these films, but yet... Our paths had yet to cross yet, so I was not living by your code. Right. So I felt okay going to camp. In fact, at that point, I had definitely... I was in fifth grade, so I had no, I'd watched Halloween. I know I'd watched a variety of Friday the 13th films, so I think more than anything, I would have been well-prepared to deal with these kind of shenanigans. Yeah. Slasher shenanigans, which was the entirety of... The month of July, mm-hmm. so I like the transition we've gone into. From- I, 
I've never went to camp. Fuck all that noise. They asked me if like, hey, you want to go to camp? Hell no, I don't want to go to camp. It's your code of ethics. And that was even when I was like young. I definitely didn't want to go to camp. No, that that's totally fair. Well, the fact that this film came out in 1980. Hallelujah, Michael, roll your boat ashore. Hallelujah. It's very wholesome, yeah, is it, it is. not? Yeah, it is. Camp Crystal Lake is where you want to send your kids if you want a nice Christian. You would send Rod and Todd Flanders there. No, I don't want any damn camp songs. You know, and like. <laughs> so Ned Flanders is probably a big proponent of Camp Crystal Lake oh, back absolutely. in the 1950s. Right, before everything went to pot. And then, yeah, before they were making love. Well, this film is, many people say it's a not a ripoff of Halloween, but it was. Well, I mean, theoretically, they're like, hey, Halloween is made a good deal about killing kids well, it was, on a day that's recognized. And plus, Friday the 13th already has like that ominous appeal. Like, ooh, it's Friday the 13th. Unlucky shit happens. It's an evil day. It, it lends itself to a number of, a variety of shenanigans. But no, I was even just saying the fact that Halloween was low budget, but laid a mo- made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they decided, let's do that. But let's add the mystery element. We're going to up the gore in the gratuity quotient. And because that's the one thing people, I don't think they tend to forget because they do remember Savini's effects in this. And we'll get into the legacy of the film. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of a real subtle escalation of the kills and the gore. Right. Because beyond like the Kevin Bacon and the decapitation scene, it's all like mostly not necessarily off camera stabby stab, but there's a lot of like, oh, you got stabbed. It's very low key, and I actually I appreciate that because then that because when the extreme gore elements hit, it hits hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, we've got a point of view stalker going after a couple of people making love, very much from Halloween with ominous music and the the okay better score. John Carpenter or Henry uh, Manfredini? John Carpenter. 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 I mean, not that nothing's wrong with the uh, do 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 the weird combination of like psycho and like yet something sneaking up on you, a la Jaws. But it's also like it's just kind of more peppy in the in the Halloween as opposed to this one. But the music in this one, it sets up some good scares that like da 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 da. Well, and there's a stabbing offhand, off screen. The uh, the effect afterwards. We also established the Camp Crystal Lake brand with the the yellow shirts. The established back in the 1930s. There's a lot of history in the slow motion, and also another thing that is kind of a staple of the series, as we're going to see here in just a second. The zoom in, the zoom in, and the cut to white. Or the the whiteout instead of the blackout. Mm-hmm. Here we go, and then of course, the iconic logo just breaking through. Well, this was the logo that they put a uh, an a ad big in. Ad in full page ad in the variety. Yep. Before they're like even knew what the movie was going to be fucking about. Well, they're was... like, um, we're going to put this out there, so if anybody has the name, they can go ahead and claim it now. We'll change it. And you know what? There actually was. There was a Friday yes, the Thirteenth before Friday the Thirteenth called. The Orphan, I believe. It was it was almost like a made-for-TV film, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a crazy, just legends, um, mythology behind this film, behind the franchise. And of course, if you have not seen it, 
you go check out yeah the, the crystal the crystal lake memories absolutely it is streaming on shutter and speaking of, if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to us with it you're messed up because like you're it, we're gonna spoil it and you're gonna not get it all but, well and again we have no affiliation oh yes fan commentary with anybody victor miller victor miller sean s cunningham anybody because we will get sued he will sue us right we have no affiliation with them at all we're just and, two former counselors and here's the thing i'd love to think that if uh, victor miller came after us we could initially get larry zerner to represent us until he do a little digging into and the show we are. he's like wait it's fuck that Shelley. genius mcgee well, oh fuck him well uh, we know what <laughs> we know what bumpers going on in front of this yeah, one. yeah you're not well no 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 this is this is patreon my friend there are no bumpers for that uh, what uh. I really like with this is we get a little psycho in our Friday the 13th mm-hmm. because the introduction here of Annie, who is probably one of my favorite counselors, and I'm not going to lie, I crushed on hard growing up, uh, but we get a little good boy here. Aww. When you get into a town that is small enough that you do have random dogs at like the gas stations. And everybody's cool with it. And the dog's cool with everybody? You're either going to be going into, like, slasher shenanigans or summer camp shenanigans. Good, bad will only happen in the 1980s, though. And that's the other thing I think a lot of people forget is, even though this film kicked off the 80s, Mm -hmm. I think it's still very much a 70s horror film. It feels 70s. It's very much a slow burn. Mm -hmm. It's more character-based. Because we do get to spend time with the characters. And finding out about them. And it's a little bit grittier. It's very gritty. Well, and again, it's the 70s. When we think of the aesthetic in the 70s, I do think grimy, dirty. Is that real? But also the town is also scary. Because, like, fuck all that noise. Like, Large Marge sent you when everybody's like, don't go to Crystal Lake. and it. Well, you've already got an established town you have the outsider who fits who uh, from the get-go she's she's younger she's a little bit more hip Mm -hmm. she looks like a counselor that like now in the remake that's the lynn shea character at the diner you ain't going up to camp blood are you but no i thought she she was cute she's the cook she she and she's not a creepy cook too which is rare to see in camp movies right when was it sleepaway camp that decided to distort that and pervert that Mm mm-hmm but like, it's always there's always been like the creepy cooks at the you fucking mean Madman. There was a creep cook. Well, well, not at Camp Crystal Lake. Damn it. Okay, no, I think they're they're progressive. Well, especially the new Camp Crystal Lake and setting oh. up the trope of Crazy Ralph. Oh, okay. It's got a death curse. Say it once. Say it twice. The third time is a charm. Here we go. It's death curse. Walt <laughs> Gorney is Crazy Ralph. Who <laughs> then he just pulls a peewee and just hops off on his bike. It's got a death curse, Dottie. <laughs> and he's just like rolling around. Well, I was just telling Francis the other day. Francis. That that's who the killer winds up to being. And then they're like, Francis. And he's just off. I could just see like they're going up to Camp Blood, and he's just like and they're like, let's get out of here. Do you have counselor tufts at Camp Crystal Lake? <laughs> yeah, you do, of course. And like he ties his bike into the statue of Jason just moving back and forth. 
Crazy well, Ralph's big he, adventure. But more than anything, not only does he establish the it's got a death curse, but he's the first red of the red herrings we get. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> okay, that guy's look right now of youthful disdain. Yes. Just hatred for, like, you're young and pretty and you're going, like, life ahead of you. And we're like, ah. Uh, also, the first of many Friday the 13th films where we're going to a camp that is supposed to have kids, but we don't have kids. Right. Uh, the only one, part six, I believe, is the one with kids, which we did a commentary track for. But, you know, also, like, the whole town, like, even though, oh, crazy Ralph, he's crazy, he doesn't know what he's talking about, there's no death curse, and then next thing you know, so uh, you're going up to where all the murders and stuff happen, huh? Why are you doing that for? It's all in the delivery and how you frame it, genius. If you if you come up to one someone screaming off your bike, it's got a death curse, versus <laughs> staring disdainfully and then just giving some exposition, there's a difference between that. That's true, but at the same time, maybe Crazy Ralph's not crazy. He's just nope. busy. He's like, hey, I got somewhere to go. I don't have a lot of time to explain why it's got a death curse, but hey, it's got a death curse, as he's just going off. Maybe he's maybe he's just got things to do. Well, you know there's an interesting connection with uh, him and <laughs> Kevin Bacon and the bicycle. Did you ever see the Kevin Bacon, Jamie Gertz, Lawrence Fishburne starring Quicksilver? No. It's it's all about a bicycle messenger. He's like uh, Kevin Bacon is a failed like uh, financial broker. Is it like that one where it was Joseph Gordon Levitt and he's the uh, delivery driver and running into it's shit? It's very that was very much a remake of Quicksilver. Yeah, it's 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 kind of good. But we, again, we're establishing so much. She is adorable. Uh, oh, she was I again crushed so hard on her. But it establishes so much about what we are setting up with the history of the camp. It's been, you know, abandoned since all those two murders. Mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> and there's a goddamn cemetery right by the camp. Drops them off right by the cemetery that's right by the camp. This, the camp already has a history of violence and death. Oh, yeah. Why? Why would you do this? Why on paper would you like, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. Well, you know what, it's almost like this is as far as I'm going to take you because if I go any further, uh, my I'm heart- complacent. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I could just I could just let uh them have them kids to themselves, right? They, but I won't. We won't bother them, and they won't bother us. Is this the boy and his Jason? Or 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 do we get a Jason face dog? See, that'd be kind of rad, actually, because like just a dog with a Jason mask on it. It'd now, be pretty easy to pull the, off. The question is, is it a regular hockey mask or is it like a tailored to a dog's face? Ooh, I, it depends on the budget. I think you know the lower budget. We're just going with the regular mask. Like you could put, it'd be cute if it was a regular mask on, like say, like a pug or like a smaller dog. But if it's like a big lab, that's not going to fit. So you'd have to have like something co- or make it just look weird. I'll go with the specialty mask, especially it has room for the tongue to flick out, so you can put some peanut butter on there, there so it's go. adorable. And then there's Pamela Voorhees, who's a good boy. Who's a good boy? You're my special guy. You know, and just like... Pet me, mommy. Right. Pet me. <laughs> okay, uh, Camp Crystal Lake established... They weren't, they weren't watching. They were humping legs. <laughs> <laughs> they were counselors in heat. <laughs> I told them to spay and neuter, but they didn't listen to me. Now, All that right. was a great shot with the scene, with the, with the little sign. Okay. But, like, this dude rocks it. S- s- let me just... I'm going to pause it here. Steve Christie, the fashion plate... Of Camp Crystal Lake. 
because I am, of course, rocking my my denim cutoffs right now. Yes, you are. And if I was confident as Steve Christie, do you need those socks and the, those dual socks and work boots like the lumberjack dude? He's like a se- he's like a sexy lumberjack calendar. Forget it. Forget the socks. Forget the boots. It's all about that um, that scarf cardigan he's rocking. <laughs> that is confidence, my friend. <laughs> but also, it should be noted, hey, Adrian King, mm-hmm. everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite, and uh, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, the Kevin Bacon, two years removed from Animal House, where he had a, just a bit, bit part, part, very much. Bre- so Brenda. I hate Brenda. Do you not like Brenda? <laughs> no, Are that's you, a... Is that... Okay, that was a... <laughs> Stop it now. Stop it now. I hate Brenda. No, but Marcy, I always thought was one of my favorites. I will talk about it when it comes up to her comeuppance, but she has one of the best death faces. Just her like, oh, God. Like, she's like, she knows she done fucked up. Exactly. She she's... knows she's fucked. It's just one of her best death faces. And I think it's one of those where her entire life flashes before her eyes, but sadly, instead of all the good times, it's all like, the bad, just filled it. with nothing with regret. She's like, fuck. Well, we'll get to well, that. Well, of course, because, you know, you think, like, with all of the counselors here, number one, they all seem like pretty cool and genuinely Decent good people. people. Like, you don't want, like, later on in the series, you're like, he want, he needs to die, he needs to die, he needs to die, he needs to well, die. Well, that's, but I want you don't want really anybody to die. I want to have the conversation because this film establishes so much that you'll see throughout the franchise, mm-hmm. but the further the franchise goes, the further it almost extrapolates from the OG roots, because this is kind of a subtle whodunit character piece with some really cool practical kills yeah. sprinkled throughout, not gratuitous. Right. And it, it goes off the rails in the sequel. Oh, like, well, of it course. It starts like going nuts. But it's, this is a 1980. This is, again, carryover from the 70s. And as we go further into the 1980s, we do get more of the gore. That's the one thing I like is when you're talking about the carryover. Really, in the 70s, there was really no rules. No. It wasn't, or rules or it tropes. Was no. It wasn't until like the 80s when the tropes started happening. And then they started becoming more, not necessarily cookie cutter, but when you go into a Friday the 13th or a Halloween movie, you know what to expect. In the first two, you had no clue. No. Well, they and they weren't... You have to think about, though, all of the copycats yeah. that were established oh, after just this. just flooding the market, just being inundated weekend after weekend of, like, copycat slashers. Well, the fact that an entirety of the... I've seen that no, challenge that for me. a bad thing, being inundated with slashers. But. No. I still have been seeing a number of them for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. Graduation Day. Saw for the first time this, this year. And it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, just before dawn, we both just saw for the first time. Yeah, a, a, a great backwoods slasher classic that was exi- that existed because of the success of Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Because as much as they took from Halloween, they take just as much from Psycho, uh, from again Ten Little Indians, Speaking confidence of- wearing suspenders. Well, and had- then. You have to have confidence growing up be, when you were Harry Crosby, son of uh, Bing. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, there we go. There we go. Now, nepotism is it? Was just uh, do you, do you all know who my dad is? Right. As they're eating uh, Valencia oranges, <laughs> I think he was more like, "Do you know who my dad is?" When as they're eating Valencia oranges, <laughs> do, you, do you think in his claws, like the craft services, could have no Valencia oranges? Nobody could go ba 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 around him because like it. <laughs> Gives him the triggers. <laughs> he be- he became more like Crazy Ralph, 
while the film wasn't happening because of his PTSD from a... Uh, so you want to go home, Bill? No, it's got a death curse. Pilot. Ba, 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 ba. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Do you think for a second Pamela uh, uh, Betsy Palmer actually went and hung out with uh, Bing Crosby for a while to channel the rageful parent? Oh, I'm sure. Shit. Probably, they probably knew each other. <laughs> they, I would not be... I would not be shocked if her and that kid had like some good onset conversations. Aunt Betsy, you know, or something like that. How's your father, dear? You know, <laughs> something like that. Well, here we get, we establish, we get kind of the um, geography of Camp Crystal Lake, which yeah. I really like. Which you've played the Friday the Thirteenth game, correct? They took a lot of time putting a lot of detail in it, which is pretty great. Like. Everything the, that now cultural appropriation alert and prankster alert and asshole alert. Yeah. Yes, uh, again establishing a number of tropes that you will see here throughout the film, throughout the franchise, throughout the copycats, uh, but also the fact that the follow through of that particular kill and scene we see in a film we did for uh, a commentary for last year was Sleepaway mm-hmm. Camp. Yeah. Oh, and actually, uh, it was uh, Tom Savini who shot that arrow, and that was a real arrow. Which, of course, he did. Of co- of course, he did. Again, I'm not surprised he's not backflipping throughout this film into the little creek there. Again, not a not a you know shot at Tom Savini and his backflips. No, back not flips. at all. But so, uh oh, hitchhiking genius. Now, who's at, who's at fault here? Who's at fault here? Okay, so the proximate cause of this is her accepting the position and deciding to be the hitchhiker. Now, this is one of those rare cases. You don't pick up hitchhikers, but it's worse being a hitchhiker. So the hitchhiker's at fault. She still knows she's got a way to Crystal Lake, and she's like, hey, I'm going to take a ride. And, of course, unfortunately, she is being picked up by Pamela Voorhees. So it is her fault. She got in the car. She had a willing choice not to go in. She went in there. Now, are, are you are you are you judging uh, Miss Annie here? No, I'm just saying in the legal court of law. I'm not a I'm not a lawyer except for Bird. Well, but and, like, well and of course, one Larry, one <laughs> one Larry Zerner would probably have words with you again on that one. But again, here we're establishing so much about her. She has so many dreams and passions, and yet. We don't realize, as the kids say, she is totes adorb, and you do like. And now feel here, for her. now like, here, hey, that, that was the that was the the turn. That's got to be scary as shit. That's like if you're supposed to go that way, you're taking me somewhere to die. You know, that's why I really don't trust like Ubers and Lyfts and shit like that. You know, because like deep down, what if somebody freaks out? Absolutely. Well, there's a, a horror film built around a crazy Uber driver, so you're not wrong. You should maybe establish that. The best thing about your code is that it can evolve as times change, which is smart to ever be, you know, fluid like that. And good for her for actually getting the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She was proactive about it. But at the same time, get the fuck up and run. Well, this is the the, uh, the unfortunate thing. Again, I think, especially think back to seeing this for the first time in the theater in 1980, be it here in Kansas City, be it on 42nd Street. Your, whatever local theater you're in, you're hoping that she gets away at this point because she's fun. Mm-hmm. She's got a dream. She wants to help kids and cook for kids, and this is part of that. She wants to help rejuvenate. And now she's fodder. The only yeah. thing she's going to rejuvenate is her the corpse. Body the body count. Yeah. <laughs> is when her, she decomposes in the woods. Well, you know what? I guess that's appropriate. One with nature. Right. You give. It's a, it's, you know what? Friday the 13th, if anything, it's all about the cycle of life. Yeah, but here's my thing. 
I know she's injured in something, but Betsy Palmer, I know looks can be deceiving, and this might be a little bit of ages. You're an age. I'm now hey, more we conscious just watched the amusement park. I'm more conscious because of it. But, like, I think I could take Betsy Palmer. I think she could take Betsy Palmer, you know? And like, even if she was injured, just knock her down. Not saying she's old and frail, but you have youth and power behind you. But sh- Betsy has the awareness and the knowledge of the geography of Camp Crystal Lake. That's true, and she and also the outskirts. has a machete. And she does have a machete. She should have picked up a... Well, also this little knife. hunting knife. Yeah. And... The briefest, but a great like reveal on the fact that she's still moving and it yes. oozes. That's what sticks with you. And that's the brilliance of Savini is his stuff looks like it hurts, mm-hmm. and it genuinely looks real. There's there's gratuity in his work, but it's not like splatterpunk. No, it's more realistic. It and that's where the whole uh, photo- photography war photographer yeah. comes into place because it looks like the real shit. Well, when when you've se- when you've seen some things, man, yeah, right. And you've seen some stuff. It can come out in your art, and that's the one thing he is definitely an artist. Oh yeah, he brings it. Sex Machine brings it on. If you're a flavor, what kind of flavor? Well, first of all, he was like Rocky Road, and that was a great little like Tim Curry thing he did. It's not bad, but I was waiting for somebody to say pralines and dick. <laughs> or at this point, do you think Stephen King saw this and was like, well, what happened if instead of a serial killer, I just put some black goo in there? That works. I lie. It scares the hell out of me. And I'd hate to say it, but I think Kevin Bacon's character would be the first to be the assaulter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I liked Marcy. I think she's cool. She's attuned to things. Mm-hmm. And she's, and she's also... funny. Yeah. Marcy's like the funny one. Well, we're establishing... The character tropes that you're going to get in all your slashers. We're establishing these personalities, but we're taking time to establish them. The fact that they're taking the time to get to know each other before the kids come in. And it's not necessarily even a slow burn. Wow. No, that was a shot right there. Now, now, I'm not saying that was a warm-up for a wild thing. For later on to come, but like that establishes what he wants to do quickly. It's my, it's one of my first big out. I want to show my dick in some way. We got well, a little baby bacon on screen. Like, so we're going skinny dipping in this scene. No, Kevin. Well, I'm wearing a speedo. We really prefer you to wear actually a slim trunk. We, we've got these great cutoffs that you can go in there. He pulls the D. It's happening. It's I'm happening. ripping the pit. Like, <laughs> like right during the middle of the scene, he just like okay drops his. You can trunk, see like, Sean Cunningham it. just on the screen just going. Fuming. I'm gonna slap each and every one's face off of their face. He's over there. I'm going to slap Kevin Bacon into tiny little bacon bits. Now, would Betsy Palmer be the Artemis character in this case? I'll go back to your seat, right? She's over there talking to <laughs> Betsy. No, she's, more, she's more in the like, I knew Calvin Coolidge. And so <laughs> <laughs> I acted with him. <laughs> oh, good Lord. That's awful. The gang go to Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> right? <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> do. <sighs> But a prankster is going to prank genius, and given Fuck your, that. I you know what? No, I can't, I love joking around, but pranks you, is a different you, thing. You would be the jovial one if if you went to camp 
Would you would a character correct? If, correct. Yeah, I'd be the party, but I'd also be the man. I'm like, this fucking sucks. I'd be like either the jovial one or the one that wants to go home, the sullen one. I'll be the one. I'd be the one. Like, so what did you want to be when you grew up? You know that yeah. that would be me. See, I would. You were you're the indoor kid. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do, do we have movies? Like, no, oh, okay, okay. Trigger yeah. warning. Trigger warning. Not only for snakes, but this is a real snake, and yeah. when they kill this snake, this is a real death of an animal a la cannibal holocaust exactly and i was going to say this film is notorious for a number of reasons being the Help fact me, Bill. i'll take care of this snake buh, 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 buh. just give me a little bit of give me a tube sock and an orange and i'll take care of that snake make sure he knows who's boss he won't come in this cabin no more buh, 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 buh. do you think you think that was a uh, uh, Betsy pa- J- Pamela Voorhees' established weapon was actually just a sock with an orange, and they're like, "No, we have to cut this." I'm sorry. No, that was Bill's idea. It was Bill's. Then he goes, "Man, as long as I don't die by a Valencia orange, I'm okay." Oh my God! Yeah, no, this along with, like you said, Cannibal Holocaust, where you do have. I love lot- the fact that he said, "Feet don't fail me now," because I say that. Like well, if I'm out, feet don't fail me now. Well, even the way they're filling the frame, this is most kind of like a Scooby Doo adventure. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's like lighthearted, even, yes. though it's, even though he's gonna fucking kill this snake, you know. And of course, we have the the throat slit. We have the escalation of the violence. But look at the way everything is going. Summer camp shenanigans, genius. Are you ready for the summer? <laughs> Are you ready for a sleigh time? <laughs> We're gonna get stabbed and hung. Oh, and- oh. god. A well, you, did, you didn't have to kill him twice. You already chopped him on his head off. You don't have to jump well, in the middle. Well, well, we're establishing the double tap. That's and true. And sadly, we do we have a Chekhov's double tap? Because that's one cleave, we technically. Don't have a tap. We didn't need a double tap. Oh, Marcy, you're so funny. Well, what do you, what, the best part is if he would have gone outside and done a billy and then cut his uh, chest across the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's something out there, and it ain't no man. <laughs> Technically, that would be correct. That's true. Oh Cultural boy. appropriation again, dude. Like, you've been warned. The, you, this is the woke police. They're coming. <laughs> this is his second offense. <laughs> okay, hey, cut it out, dude. Cut it out. <laughs> I really like the idea of the woke police. <laughs> because, let you, like you said, can because they did remake... Friday the 13th in 2009, you didn't see anything like this in that remake because... It was gratuitous as shit. It was wonderful. Oh, good Lord. Good I really Lord. I enjoy the remake a lot. That, a lot. That might be the next commentary, although that is a long movie. That is a long movie. But yeah, you could not do... You know who does that still to this day? Joey Belladonna from Anthrax because he is a part Native American, but they have a song called Indians... And during the the war path part, he comes out in a headdress and is just running around the stage. So I don't know shit. Would the woke police come up to an Anthrax concert in this case? No, because it's him. It's him. It's not Ned. No, right. It's it's not Bing Crosby's kid. But I like the fact that the prankster in this case could potentially have like a uh, a body count or at least a uh, a misdemeanor. Kevin Bacon's gonna get on there. Breaker 10, 10, 4, we got a decent exposure. Really? Yeah, I'm about to show my dick. And then he just... <laughs> Cut, Kevin. Don't go off script, please. It's going to happen. It's, ca- it's happening now. <laughs> Sean, Sean, are you ready? Are you ready? Get the Zoom wide down. angle. Zoom down. Zoom. I, I, so, 
I did see Wild Things in the theater. Me too. Me too. And, uh, I went, my buddy Matt and I went to a matinee screening. So it was like one in the afternoon. And it was pretty packed. But it was packed with a lot of senior citizens that I'm pretty sure were just there to watch a movie. Right. And it was, I don't think they made it to the Hanging Dong or the, the Kevin's Bacon, because uh-huh. so many of them walked out during the threesome scene. Yeah, I was thinking like, yeah, probably even the making out in the pool would probably be done for. That was people. after the threesome scene. It was like that was. Oh, now here's here's my favorite kind of jump scare, the uh, the crazy Ralph jump scare. Surprise! He <laughs> <laughs> just like he does leer. He leers so much, and the doomsayer. Um, in uh, My Bloody Valentine, you have the local town guy that kind of gets established. Don't make jokes! Yes. But this crazy old drunk guy, and apparently Ralph Gorney was very sullen on set, like very professional, but kind of withdrawn from everyone. Mm-hmm. But I can smell crazy Ralph from here. He just like, smells like, like old wild turkey and like... Wild turkey, definitely. And some barbersol. Barber salt. Now, does he smoke? A pipe. A pipe. That's fair. That's fair. Either that or some old stuff. And he does a nice little scamper. Let's face it. So, can we can we uh, do the Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's here we go. You're all doomed. But what do you take this <laughs> as here in the movie right now? You're all doomed. You're doomed. <laughs> If your character at this point, you're the one going, are you are you following Crazy Ralph at this point? Fuck no, I'm not following. I'm calling the police on Crazy Ralph. <laughs> but the, the woke police were there. They were just there, genius. Yeah, but those are the woke police. Crazy Ralph hasn't broken any like, woke laws. He's just crazy. Now, if this was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you could call the dream police. They're out of my bed, the dream police. But I, I think we've kind of established a couple things that, you know, the police are a little bit further away. Mm-hmm. There's more isolation, which I also like in this movie. The fact that these are college kids, so like late yeah. teens, twenties. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they're not high schoolers, or are they high schoolers? No, they're probably like post high school. Okay, it's established then, but not yet adults. Yeah, where having the police far away, not having Steve Christie, who is the most. The closest approximation to an adult we he's, have. He's like the one that's, he's the oldest in the adult. He's 24. Everybody else is like 19, 20, He looks 34 21. with that mustache, though. Right. But again, the confidence of which he wears it. And since he's in his 20s, technically, he's rocking it. Yeah. Yeah, he's rocking his, he's rocking his uh, outfit and motif. And again, the Hank, the, 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 the handkerchief, the, the ascot, whatever it is. He's putting the ass in ascot. Well, I'd also like to think that he would have some branding for like a Camp Crystal Lake ascot. We don't even know, but they might be Camp Crystal Lake socks. He <gasps> might have like a whole like they might have like the merch store for the camp. They got I, like the the bandana and the and the. I would be into that. Well, it is established in the fifties. They did have a brand and a market and a look. Mm-hmm. And now, honors. also establishing a lovely thing here in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise is number one. Almost all of these films just take place over one evening uh-huh. or one night, and that once the nighttime hits, that's and when es- the shenanigans. And especially then when storms hit or the rain, that's when the killing really kicks in. 
Mm-hmm. And this is all filmed at a real camp ground. Yeah, Every, in, in New fact, Jersey. All the actors and everything stayed, except for Betsy Palmer. She was only there 10 days. But everybody else was there for about 30, and they all stayed on the campground in New Jersey. Camp Nobi, Nobi, Nobi Bosco. Bosco. Yeah. And... <laughs> Lou Reed was their neighbor and would come over after filming every now and then and watch the filming and then just kind of play music. Lou Reed. Lou, Lou Reed, Reed Lou playing Reed. a guitar around a campfire. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? With Kevin Bacon probably going, hey, hey, Lou, do you want to, can I play, number one, can I play a guitar with you? Number two, would you like to see my dick? <laughs> Ooh, Kevin, put your pants back on. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, also, we get a number of establishing wandering the woods. But did you see that great we missed about that great Christmas time when he saw Kevin Bacon and Marcy hooking up and he just said that Yeah. Well well that's the other thing, man. They're like, you're gonna have hopefully at Camp Crystal Lake Maybe a summertime tryst, you yeah, know? Absolutely. You're gonna, you're gonna have the time genius, you're gonna horny be, teens doing horny stuff. You're gonna live forever, man. Like why not? Live a little. Right. Like they they would be pestering you to genius, get out of your shell. Come, come on outside. Out yeah. I'll come with you guys, but I'll stay by the lake. Uh, but didn't you all hear that crazy Ralph? Shouldn't mm-hmm. like we should not be here. Yeah, I'm gonna go get a pack of smokes. So I'll be back and never show up. Okay, okay. Then that what happens is you, you you're killed off screen, but the reveal oh. of your body is gnarly. Like it's very memorable. Okay. I would like to be the, one of the comic reliefs uh, that lives, but I doubt it's gonna happen. Oh, it it's is. gonna storm. There it is. There it is. It's the the harbinger, like Jason Voorhees was, I always thought, and this is something we've talked about in other commentary tracks, like a force of nature. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Voorhees blood. You're you're kind of a cock blocker. Yeah, you are. And you're a force of nature. Yeah, you are. So if it's it, if if you've got the last name of Voorhees, you're kind of pigeonholed into a career. I mean, look at Lark. Lark Voorhees. Good lord, man. <laughs> She was kind of a cock blocker and a force of nature. I do, mean, do you think is then is does that make uh, Screech her Tommy Jarvis? No, she, that's the Screech is the one that she kept like uh, 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 so like he never conquered. You know, I mean, don't, I don't, guess there was a whole cool arc. Yeah, 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 yeah. That works. Okay, Scree- that's fair. No, Macy Slater is more of the Tommy Jarvis. Then does that make Mister Building uh, the Steve Christie? Yeah, Mr. Melting's the Steve Christie. Fucking screeches the Kevin Bacon. He just wants to get naked. That's all. <laughs> and actually, actually, right before Zach Morris is killed, he pauses it right before uh Can't Pam- you believe what's going to happen? And yeah. then Mark just <laughs> goes to town. I'm telling you. It, These it, establishing shots of the storm, I at Camp Wildwood, we didn't necessarily have a big lake or anything. Mm-mm. But my family, we used to vacation a lot uh, down at Table Rock Lake mm-hmm. near the Ozarks. And, okay, here's a, a really quick side tangent here. I'm going to pose you to question my parents and whether or not there may have been pineapples in their past. Okay. Okay, so check this out. We, we vacation down there all the time. We uh, go to the campsite. We tent out. Uh-huh. That's what we did. We had a boat. We would go fishing, skiing, all that kind of fun stuff. hey Again, not gratuitous, though. Not as gratuitous as you think. But there's uh, a little bit of coin slot right there. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Swipe left, my friend. <laughs> but there's a town called uh, Kimberling City uh-huh. on the outskirts. And they had this really rad little supermarket called uh, Harder House. <laughs> What's silly about that? 
Harder House. Harder House. That's where you buy all your like Viagra and stuff. Okay, harder. It's H A T E R. You sick man? What's wrong with you? Anyway, anyway, we used to go <laughs> I mean, there. We're like, talking about the harder house in the middle of Kevin Bacon sex scene. It's not a, it's not a scene by scene commentary. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we went there. We got hamburgers because it was really good. We'd shop and get stuff there. Cool. Anyway, one of the cashiers was rocking this Jamie Lee Curtis and Drowning Mona fashionable mullet. And my mother was very impressed with it. And she's like, wow, I love your hair. Who cut it? And she's like, I did. And my mom was like, hey, we're camping here. Would you mind cutting my hair? And she's like, not at all. You can come over to my house and I'll cut your hair. We go over to their house. We meet the family. The dad is like, he works at Silver Dollar City. He's an executive, like Mm -hmm. one of the big shots. We develop a friendship with this family. There are pictures of them all intermingling. My dad was showing her kung fu moves and he is putting her in the they all just seemed very friendly Friendly. right my question to you is and they were everyone was there some pineapple shenanigans going on potentially that just does this stuff happen there's not enough evidence to really speculate a definite yay there might be pineapples or nay there might be pineapples. okay that's fair there's not there's not enough so i don't know why but it was just one of those things where i saw some of the pictures and I'm just like, well, everyone was just so friendly. Like, I can't imagine doing did that nowadays. Did all the nowadays. kids play together in I a got room? along great with them. We did. did. All, and while all the adults played off in another room? We did, because I would bring in super cool toys. Were you, were you, were you instructed to not go into this room or knock on the door? If you were ever instructed specifically, don't come near this place, then maybe pineapple. If I don't, rem- I don't remember that, but that might be because I'm blocking it out potentially. Okay. But... I also mentioned this because my I had a, an aunt Anne and Uncle Jim growing up mm-hmm. that were not my aunt and not my uncle. They were family friends. Mm-hmm. But they were also young. Like they I guess technically my my parents just had couple friends. Maybe. I should stop family trying to read friends. into it. But it was just weird that she out of the blue just let us come over to her house and she cut my mom's hair. Like all this weirdness. Again, just random stuff. Anyway, back to the movie. Back to Friday the thirteenth. Oh no, no, no. So we vacationed there a lot, and whenever storms would come in, mm-hmm. the sky got weird. It got green. It's like in the mist. Ooh. Like, when in Stephen King's version of the mist, the way he writes a storm coming in terrifies me. That's crazy how they're Reveal. banging right underneath. First of all, if you're going to bang on a bunk bed, you should really check if there's anybody above or below on the bunk bed. Ideally, you should do a proximity check. I think that's basic counselor etiquette that's basic sexual etiquette i mean seriously i don't know if it's maybe i don't think i'm approved by any means with a lot of the but at the same time i am i don't like to like be all exhibitionist out for everybody also if i'm banging in a bunk bed horror senses or not look above look below make sure nobody's like underneath peeking and very tasteful um, yes arm placement there that's the one thing that with, Fra- except, <laughs> with friday except for the second one because it's it's only half classy half classy half assy and so like <laughs> well instead of a half axed uh rep you know attempt it's just a half boob attempt no there we go there is a lot of there is definitely gratuity with the film and left fact, side boob <laughs> But I think you know, and they amp everything up in the the sequels. But this one, it's not as gratuitous, right? That's what I think a lot of people forget. But I love the fact that their individual deaths 
are some of the highlights of not only the They're film. memorable. Yeah. Well, would you, what do you, I think I could make, I will hear the argument that Kevin Bacon's death in this film is the best one in the series. Nah. No? No? Nah. Nah. Top, no. Top, top five. Okay. But not, not nearly the best one. I, They're the top tier for the, the two top best ones, there's a tie for best kill out of the franchise. And that is one, the sleeping bag from part seven, <laughs> and two, the uh, frozen face smash in X. That's fair. That's fair. My, my counterpoint to that, though, is the fact that do you remember the actor or actors whose face got smashed or who was smashed in the pillowcase? Pillowcase, or the, or no. The, or the uh, sleeping bag? Pillowcase, no. But the one that got smashed in the thing, I believe her name is Victoria Pratt because she was one of the mutant X girls. Damn you. Damn you. <laughs> not as famous as Kevin Bacon, no, but by, I'll give far. it to you. Now, now, the logistics of this kill... And you talk about checking the proximity when you're banging in the bunk bed. Pamela was present for the entirety of their lovemaking love session. Making. She probably just there seething. And is it a mistake then, after they had the premarital sex and the postcoital pot, mm-hmm. that we see one of the top five kills in the franchise? Is that by is that by blueprint or by accident? Oh, no, I think it's definitely by blueprint. And let's give a shout-out to Tasso, blowing the blood, it's because apparently the pump yep. broke down during that. Such a great kill. It is. Which, and he repeated that in the burning when they do the the, the shears to the chest. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that, as a kid growing up, it befuddled me because it looked so real, and I was like, how is Kevin Bacon not dead? Right, because he was still moving. He was moving, and the thing was moving. While yeah, the blood was squirting, and and in 4K you do see a little bit of the the difference in the, the but makeup. also that's got to be a strong ass arrow to go through not only a mattress but and, Kevin and, Bacon and the forearm strength of Pamela Voorhees because she's not necessarily she's a f- she's... frail and feeble old woman, no, but she... at the same time. It takes a lot of upper body strength. The Pamela Voorhees doesn't look that yoked. Do you think that maybe to to amp up her strength, she has to just think about Jason, and then it's like, kill her, mommy. <laughs> the prayers, mommy. The training, mommy. The vitamins, mommy. <laughs> what are they going to do when Voorhees mania? Just like, <laughs> runs uh, we've, we've talked a little about Harry Manfredini's score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, oh, of course. Marcy. <laughs> Well, you t- okay, you talked about it at the very beginning of the commentary. You're kind of, you loved Marcy. This is Mar- not Marcy's playground by any means, but the demise of Marcy. I smell sex and bacon. Ew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's that stabbing in my bed? Mm-hmm. Who's that casting devious knives in my direction? Marcy's is about to make the face. Dig it. <laughs> the face is good. They and with Savini, he did a number of wonderful practical things in this movie. But <laughs> if you watch the editing of the movie, when the axe is coming down, would you stop your giggling with her? The, She's great. The axe coming down, hitting the light to establish that Making it's real. That light, yeah. yeah. But then again, she just had wonderful sex, we assume, with Kevin Bacon. It's Kevin Bacon. We know what he's packing. We've got a great... She's got a summertime of that genius. 
Like, that was just the beginning. Right? This is like day one of the... She's got a whole month and a half of just bacon banging. Well, you know how Wet Hot American Summer did the the sequel? It was like uh, camp day one, and that's just one day of it? Uh-huh. What if they did... Because they pulled from Sleepaway Camp. They pulled from Friday the 13th. Um, what if they did... What if they actually did... You know how Club Dread did a slasher with... The State did a slasher? I would totally watch The State would slasher. Would you watch that? I, the Kids in the Hall sci- psychological horror movie was pretty good. Which one is that? It's called Death Comes to Milberg or something like that. And it's basically like the Grim Reaper comes, or Satan comes to this small town and just starts killing people off one by one. It's very Stephen King. I did not know that existed. But it's, it's, it's the Kids in the Hall, and it's great. I'm going to have to seek that out. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Oh, well, it just shows you how influential the camp shenanigans are. And how people want to dip their but, toes into but it. Yeah, I would totally watch the state slasher. Well, I mean, we already saw kind of like with Hell Baby, half true. Of the state. That's true. Well, them doing genre. Yeah. And whatever kind of genre it is. But I love this old school, like, nope, not this one, scare. And then finally she's like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, one of the best faces. What do you mean, right. genius? Do you mean that ah! face? It's just well, full of regret. It's well. There's the O face, and then there's the that face, and also good practical effects. Mm, great reveal. The cause the and effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't need to see the axe hit her face. Right. Your brain. You know what? I've often talked about how with comic books, I like the little area between the panels because that's where your brain makes the connection. Your brain, you see it hit, yeah. and then we just see the after effect. It's perfect. So. Strip Monopoly or not, that would have to be a long fucking game because they're playing with money. So, like, it, you'd have to, like, be without money first, and then you start taking off clothes. Or, like, is it or, you land on board rock, you should take off your bra. Well, they I mean, had a specific community chest rule, which, of course, I mean... Community chest. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not. Again, that's a classy community chest that we're seeing here. Uh... We've got the established now. We've got the rainstorm. And there's been murders most foul. Oh, of course. Of course. And we're still unbeknownst of who's doing this. Is it is it Crazy Ralph Genius? Yeah, we still don't know. Well, you know what? Do you do you remember your first time watching this movie? First time, no. Honestly, I don't. I think because I know I did not start off in I, one. I didn't either. At all. I think I started off in four or six. Yeah. And so it wasn't until later when I... Okay, hold on. Quick tangent. Something about this lady I absolutely fucking adore. I don't know if it's because I, when I was younger, I thought it was very divine. But She looks super familiar. I thought it was divine for a minute when I was younger. And then I was like, maybe she's just a character actor. She looked like the friend on that, uh, uh, that show, Flo. Kiss my grits. That one. But... She fucking kills it in this one because she's just that flirty older lady, honey. You know what I? You're so cute. Here's some pie. She you know? does. She she's a salty vet. She's wonderful in this, but she also I think there was almost a callback to her in Jason Goes to Hell when they bust R- her. Rusty. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there are again all sorts of Easter eggs, callbacks, uh, tropes that are established throughout this this series. But I thought it was divine for the longest time. Well, actually, if this were set in Baltimore and right? not New Jersey, 
Can you imagine John Waters slasher other than Serial Mom? Like no, we, I was going to say, we have it. Like, if he took it, like, well, he couldn't take anything, like, serious because he's, he's John Waters. But if he, like, made, you know what, I'm going to make a valiant attempt to make an actual horror movie. The Jason mask would actually have a little pencil-thin <laughs> mustache on it. A little pink flamingo sticker on the side of it. Well, I can't remember the first time I saw this either, but I do remember my first exposure to just the VHS boxes at my local haunt, my I- theater, iconic, video store. Yeah. Iconic, designed by one of the heavy metal artists. Uh, it, uh, the guy that actually developed, his name was, hold on, it is Spiros Angelikos. And it's one of my favorite v- poster designs of all time. What's the silhouette, the, the body's in there, but... My dad was a um, volunteer firefighter uh, through Stanley, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And at the fire station in the leisure area, they had, I think, the first five Friday the 13th on VHS. That's rad. So keep in mind, this is like the mid-80s. So someone probably had to pay a pretty penny to actually have those. At least 30 bucks. Right? Remember when they used to cost $100 to keep? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So one of the volunteers. And that was $1980. $100. That was like $150 now. It's like a million dollars. Yeah. No, so I don't know who in the fire department was a hardcore horror fan, but I remember walk because I would go up there all the time because mm-hmm. my dad was up there, but I remember those VHS covers, whether the spine, the sides, front or back, Freaking me out. They're cool. Do you, They're iconic. Do you remember the back of this particular VHS cover? Mm-mm. It showed uh, a shot of Ned being dragged out of the water. And then there was another one where I think he's also faking dead. So you had like these really weird out of context pictures. Really? Yeah. It was always odd. <laughs> it's got a picture of Ralph. A picture of Ralph? On the back. On the back. Oh, oh if only. If only. Well, now I'm sure with all the fan art out there that someone's incorporated Crazy Ralph into that. He's almost iconic as Pamela in this movie. He's no, because he sets up the tropes. He's the harbinger. Yeah. Well, and the fact, sadly, we he does get killed in part two, mm-hmm. but he's one of my favorite things of this film. Now, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Where does this rank for you? Because right, and I mentioned that right now. Because I think one of the, not a complaint, Mm -hmm. but one of the reasons I don't revisit this too often is I think a little bit of the the middle portion of this. It's a little bit slow. A little meanders a little little bit. bit. It's a little bit slow because they're trying to set up more mystery. And I'm all for that. And again, it's a 70s character piece. It's a slow Mm -hmm. burn. Such a far cry from what we get in later installments. But this is why I think, for me, I don't come back to it as often. Right. Um, I think it's maybe about fourth or fifth. That's not bad. Yeah, it's definitely in the top five, but it's definitely nowhere near uh, four, six, and eight, or four, six, and ten. I yeah, mean, those yeah. Are, but like, yeah, maybe four or five. And I because it's a good story. It's it a is good. It's and a lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't have fucking Jason. Well, that's fine. You know, it's cool. It's still a murder killing sexy teens. Mm-hmm. So like, I still enjoyed the 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 kills and the who done it. Because it's a great slasher. I mean, you go for the blood and guts and gore. You're not used to that, how slow it is, because by the time, unless you came grew up with it. Well, you reverse engineered, right? Right. You're already used to the excess of the 80s. Mm-hmm. So when you come to this one, it's a little bit more tamer by today. Fucking Bart it's- Simpson said it best. You know, they were talking about, right after they read uh, The Raven, 
And he goes, yeah, I guess people were scared of a lot of different things. I mean, Friday the 13th scared people, but now it's lame by today's standards. You know, and it's like, I can yeah. see what he's saying. I mean, there's, it's a high-ish body count. It's definitely mm-hmm. one of the higher ones of like of the yeah. 80s or yeah. early 80s. But at the same time, compared to what we're used to, it's kind of like low. It's almost the kills, chased. The kills are, are very um, charming in their simplicity. Yeah. Because nowadays, like, again, you have people being thrown in bags and tossed <laughs> against trees or frozen in liquid carbonite and then their heads smashed. So, like, it's got that charm, that old school, like, charm. But at the same time, we're used to the liquid carbonites and we're used right. to knowing that it's Jason and seeing Jason's stock. And I think that's one of the detriments for a lot of people of this movie because. You don't have that specter of Jason in your face. No, but you have the k- k- ma, 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 which, right. as Harry Manfredini did, he just cut down the kill ma, mm-hmm. and it's that driving force with with Mrs. Voorhees. And also, I guess technically, we don't find out her first name was Pamela till part four, if I recall right, because they do drive by her grave. Oh, okay. If I if I recall right, I could be wrong. Go watch Camp Crystal like memories. Hell, they might say it in this movie. Oh, that's Pamela Moore. He's the cook or something. And also, let me ask you that: Did that ever feel like a cop out for you? Because we've got all these other red herrings. Like it might be Steve Christie. Like that red handkerchief might be red of blood. It could be Crazy Ralph. It could be any one of the the other surviving counselors at this point, mm-hmm. or just some random townie, right? Or or. Definitely not anyone we haven't met yet, genius, of right? Of course not. Of course not. That would feel cheap. No, I'm all for that, actually. In fact, I think that adds the charm of it. Especially especially when Steve Christie does a great Tommy Wiseau impression. Oh, oh hi. hi. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that. How's uh, your sex life, Pamela? Uh, <laughs> uh, other thing that I really like about this film is that it does establish the darkness of night as almost like a character in the film. Mm-hmm. Because this and part easily two... easily went blue filter. Of it course. easily went blue filter. And we've seen it in a lot of horror movies around this time. But the fact that it is dark, it is oh. foreboding, it is, like, scary. And and forest darkness, when you don't have any kind of uh, camp uh, lights out there... Well, fuck all that noise, dude. If forest darkness is anything like backyard with no lights taking out the trash darkness... Fuck all that noise. Oh, oh, you poor city boy. Fuck yeah. I just got to worry about chuds, and as long as I don't go over great manhole covers, I'm good. There's not going to be any <laughs> wild beasts that come out of, like, State Avenue after me. So, like... <laughs> Perfect. So let me ask you this. We talked about it up front. Uh, can you make the argument that this is an American Jallo? Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely not as gratuitous... And with violence or nudity or blood, like a like Jello movies can right. be, but it's definitely got that great whodunit atmosphere. It's got that inventive kills. It's definitely Jelloistic in in not American Jello because it's not the Jello you're expecting. It's like, yep. hmm, okay, this is a definitely type of gelatin that I'm not used to, but I dig it. Yeah, it's it's going to Taco Bell versus something like a, a taco truck, right? Where you have the authentic, and then you have that interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. But it's a good interpretation. Sometimes you want Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Sometimes well, you don't mind dysentery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you're in that mood where <laughs> you are in that mood where it's worth the chance. Right. You're risk willing to roll the dice. The bank is worth the risk, genius. Mm-hmm. Now I agree. I agree. And that's maybe that's just it. Michael rode her boat ashore. Or do you need? Will you be the character? No. Who would be the character that would take it, rip it from her, and then like beat Jason with it? Like I gave my love a turkey, and just like start wailing on like El Cabong. I guess Kevin Bacon would do it to make the uh, Animal House connection. He'd have to, He'd right? Have to. He'd have to. That's right? The only, that's the only feasible way out of the counselors that works. Is this Unless room? Belushi was a counselor. Who? Well. Okay. Then it would be meatballs. Yeah, it would be meatballs, which that came out also in the late 70s, if I recall right. Mm-hmm. So there are just, God, there are so many summer camp style genre films out there. Hey there, Alice, how's it going? Building up that fire? I'd like I asked you to. Because if not, just stop. You know, you practically ruined. I My went and Christmas, watched. I ruined your Christmas. Have a genius ruined Christmas. <laughs> I and, went... and his heart laughed three sizes that day. <laughs> bo, 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 bo. <laughs> I even mentioned it when I talked about my my thoughts on White Christmas. Like throughout, <laughs> anytime like I saw a kid like potentially mess up, like cut, Bing, well, you can't call cut, but the little bastard messed up. Give me my orange. He doesn't have his lines. You know what? He's, he's, uh, gonna, he's gonna have some lines across his face right now. Oh, uh, that's awful. Okay, is this area in the game? Mm-hmm. Okay, do they take from part one? Because uh, I mean, there have been some kind of like. Changes. They, yeah. Okay, so no, you can go to Camp Forest Green. Oh, you okay. You can go to original Crystal Lake from one and three. Uh, you can. Did go... they ever establish like you could go to Camp Crystal Lake in the thirties and then the fifties? No, not yet. There were they were working on the space station from uh, X right before. That's kind of great. Right before they fucking. Uh, Gotten that lawsuit. Well, I always enjoy. I always enjoyed the Moonraker stage on uh, GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. Well, can we talk about that that lawsuit uh, now that Victor Miller and Shaughness Cunningham have split ways? Yeah, just locking horns at this point, which is why we have no new Friday the Thirteenth content, and we're not going to have any Friday the Thirteenth until everything is settled. But I let mean, me movies, nothing. We can't have anything now. Well, you not you love the remake. I really enjoy it. Do you think, is their best foot forward to do a sequel to the remake, or do they go back to the well with this? Because I'm I'm really mixed on the big kind of the, our universal monsters from the 80s, mm-hmm. and how they, how well they translate. Because you can make the argument, like, with Halloween and Halloween Kills, that Michael Myers has kind of found its way into the future. What do you do to make Friday the 13th super relevant again? Well, it's... Everybody, it's always going to be relevant. And then when people are like, oh, the 80s slashers, they're looking at the tropes of it. But going to a forest location and you're being picked off by an unknown force is never going to be not scary. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? So take the camp out of it. Take the camp is demolished and they want to turn it into, their uh, companies coming in to turn it into a subdivision or a sublet or they're going to make homes and Jason defends his territory by killing all the workers or make it like some sort of, there's an oil slick and a conservation group goes to Camp Crystal Lake and they get taken out or surveyors or whatever. The basis of the basis of the story is there's a killer in his woods, and if you go into his woods, no matter what, you're gonna get fucked up. The camp, the shenanigans, all of it can be taken away. You can make a very relevant Friday the Thirteenth movie by just 
focusing on what's going around Jason and his surroundings. Make it where he doesn't realize. I mean, he's just doing what he does. Like when they move, when they put like subdivisions on rattlesnake lands, about a about a week later, their whole fucking thing is full of rattlesnakes because he's just doing what he's doing. So like, <laughs> they can still make Friday the Thirteenth movies, and they can make it without the gratuitous nudity, without the stupid characters. Fucking, they can make an eight twenty four Friday the Thirteenth if they play their cards. Right, Ari Aster's Friday the 13th. I'll fucking watch it because as long as he now, as long as he doesn't make wah wah wah, then like everything would be fine. You, as long as you have Jason being killers or Jason killing people, it's wonderful. Look what they're doing with Candyman, they're making him relevant. That's true, you know. I mean, that's how they fucked up with um. Freddy, they wanted to change him. Yeah. You don't change him. You don't you just make him a deranged monosyllabic killer in the woods. Perfect. And so, like, yeah, there's still more stories to tell. You can make a continuation on the remake. Well, hopefully, if they ever, you know, come come to agreement here, we can uh, get a Genius McGee produced Friday the thirteenth uh, with that premise there. I I'll 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 go to that, my friend. Yeah. Like That's they want like, oh, they can make you make it a boner jam again. Right? Let's say they want to make Crystal Lake into a ski resort. Boom. So now they got to save the rec center and themselves. And you give them that uh, Friday the 13th set in the snow film that everyone wants. That everybody wants. Boom. It's the 80s again. You can even go backwards in time so, and set it in the 80s. Look what they did with F.U.S.T. Well, 1994. I'm- I'm I'm good with all the setting stuff in the '80s now. I'm. They can make it even set in the early 2000s. I mean, you can set it wherever you want. But as now long as the basis is there. I'm still on on the slopes though, where you have a guy jumping off a, a little jump there and, and he hot gets dogging. killed. Yeah, he just cleaved gets in half. Sliced. Cleaved in half. Didn't even know Jason's right underneath it. Boom! Like <laughs> that's like the tagline. You know? And of course, you're gonna get those beautiful shots of uh, blood spraying across the white snow. Uh huh. I'm. I'm kind of all for that, my like friend. They think, like, oh, don't ch- check out our hockey rink, right? And he's on there, and everybody thinks he's, like, he turns into Air Bud. You do, know what I'm saying? He's, you, like, the best goalie ever. Do you think Dean Cameron could uh, at least get a cameo in there? Absolutely. Fucking Kirk Cameron can get a cameo in if he wanted to, as long as he gets killed by Jason. That's a little, that'll that's show, a little rough. That'll show some growing pains. Now, here is show the upcoming... mask again. <laughs> Here comes the Tommy Wiseau impression. Oh, hi. Who's that? Oh, wait for it. Wait for it. Here it is. Oh, Oh, hi. hi. Now. What are you doing out there? Hi, Pamela. This does establish that Steve knows who that is. Mm -hmm. That this is probably someone then that maybe other campers or counselors might know. They hired her. Yes. (laughs) Which... Has she just been in the woods this entire time creeping, basically? When she she applied, and she goes, oh, they're all going to go there. Okay, I'm going to go there early. She's only been there maybe about maybe four or five hours early. No, she got there late because she picked up the hitchhiker. She was, booking it. she was booking it with the with, with, in her Jeep. She's here tearing out, and then like, hey, that's magazine. We're going like 60. <laughs> you know, this is fucking there's deer crossings. Be careful. So she's like, oh, I got to get there. They've already started Making love, you know, missing my cue, and so, <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, she's she's just getting there. They're waiting on her, and it's really funny. Uh, Betsy Palmer's relationship with this film, because for the longest time, she kind of didn't disown it for the most part, but really kind of distanced herself from it, except her cameo in part two, and that mm-hmm. was her. But then for a while, 
And it wasn't until later when she's like, you know what? People really love it, and like it's making me famous and rich again. So why not do the con scene and see how much it means to people? Because the there's reason- not soap opera cons. No. You know? They're not? There's like a star fest, but that's okay. about it. I was going to say, that maybe that's the next train to jump on. I'd go see the Bold and the Beautiful con. I would totally hang out with the Foresters. <laughs> You just need to have the passions con. Fuck yeah, because one of the girls in the one of the uh, one of the main characters in the Bold and the Beautiful is uh, the one f- is the main girl from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh yeah, Katrina. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. No, it was uh, the fact that she only did this film because she needed to buy a car. They needed to buy a car, but she got paid well. She got a thousand dollars a day for just ten days of shooting, which in like eighties. That's not bad. Yeah, that's really and, good. And she got to hang out with Tasso and uh and Savini, Tasso and Tom, a- and Lou Reed, and Lou Reed. God, that's crazy. And tell stories of of Bing. So she probably had a grand old time. Well, and she that's like so far out of si- outside of anything she ever did, which I think a lot of. Do you think if you were let's say you were in your twenties, genius, and mm-hmm. you were watching this movie, and you were well, and as you are a well established genre fan. When Betsy Palmer shows up, is that like your Buck Flower moment? Like, Betsy Palmer? No, and it takes like, you out of the Palmer. movie? It's like if all of a sudden we find out the killer was Angela Lansbury. You know, like out of nowhere. You know, like, Angela Lansbury? What? How is she the killer? Would that have taken you out of the film back in the day? No. I would have been like, fucking good for Angela Lansbury. That's kind of rad. You know? Murder she writing. Right? Murder she likes. Because, like, especially when Betsy Palmer, she goes fucking at it in this. Yeah, she does. Like, she comes around and's going, oh, hello, dear. Slap! And just beating the shit out of people. And she really fucking slapped Adrian King. Yes, she like, did. Like, hard. Yes, she did. And, like, Adrian King cried and was like, ah! Right? And then Betsy Palmer was like, why are you crying? You know? And when the point where Sean Cunningham was like, hey, we're making a movie, so we don't. We can do a little bit more editing. You don't have to really slap her. She's put full fucking Burt Reynolds on Adrian King. Sean, these will be good for the uh, the the credit scene. It's just a love tap. I'm making love taps. <laughs> and just <laughs> oh, good freaking lord! But also, it's nice to know amidst the the lawsuit that again that why we're still not getting new stuff. Larry Zerner. If you follow him on Twitter, of course he, he broke is broken down quite well. Well, and he's he's a lawyer. And if you ever notice in Birds of Prey when uh, Harley Quinn has the business card, it's she's Larry Zerner's biz- entertainment card. It's Larry Zerner. Yeah, that's fucking rad. It's awesome. It's just such a weird, random, like little Easter egg. Um, Adrian King is Alice. Can we talk about her performance, like as establishing? The final girl tropes, the qualities that, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis really established in Halloween. But here we have kind of a 70s, 80s interpretation. Well, do you know who they really wanted to get for this mm. and who they were talking to to star in this as Alice? Mm. Sally Field. They wanted to have a bigger name in there, kind of like Jamie Lee was kind of like a big name in there because of Janet Lee. I would be... Aw- but they wanted Sally Field as Alice, but then they're like, she, you know what? We don't have that kind of money right. right now. They talked to her and everything, and she was like, yeah, her price is a little too high. So she came in, and she knocked her edition out of the park, and they're like, well, we got, we found our Alice. Dude, Blush and Bashful in the world of uh, Camp Crystal Lake is entirely different. Wow, I'm all for that, because 70s era Sally Field, I don't want to you know get all creeps and nostalgia, but she was... She was Yeah, she is. There's a reason why... Uh, her and Bert had such great chemistry and Smokey and the Bandit. Oh my goodness! Now, 
a Hal Needham Friday the 13th film. There we go. That's what we need. You know, it's almost kind of... it's. She does so good in this role, it sucks what happened to her in real life. She got... Oh, yeah, with the stalker incident? Yeah, she got a stalker. That's why she was hesitant to come back in, in part uh, part two. They really wanted her to come back as Alice. Like, she yeah. goes, no, I just, I'll do a cameo, but that's about it. And then, the, and I think, well, it's killing the character off just it makes, you know what, I don't have to worry about having to come back to this, being contractually obligated. Right. Uh, but do you know, she is doing the, um, she's doing the audio version of uh, uh, Gray, Gray Hendrix's uh, Final Girls Survival Group. Oh, really? And it's all about these all these survival girls from various franchises coming together and having this little like support group. That's a Grady idea. Hendrix. Grady Hendrix is his name. That's a great idea. It's fantastic. Uh, apparently, Netflix is uh, already signed on for the book deal or f- to make a series out of it. And I think Charlize Theron is attached to star in it. Mmm. Yeah. It's it went quickly. Andy. <laughs> But yeah, no, and the fact that she's attached to it and the fact that she's been able to come back as well mm-hmm. to the conventions and to see just the love that people have for the franchise and her character and all the final girls yeah. in this series. Like, we kind of all have our favorites. You know, I, I think I speak for both of us with Ginny, I think. Ginny's wonderful. She's, she's without a doubt my favorite. But depending on the baggage you bring the day, you might stray a little bit differently. Although I do, I'll make a case for Andromeda from Jason X. Of course you will. Great reveal. Great reveal. Great reveal. Harry Menfrandini really wanting to do a little... Uh, What's the matter? They're hanging around there, pally. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I didn't realize we'd have to do an over-under on the, on the, on the, on the, the Crosby. It used to be the Cosby, now it's the Crosby. It's the Crosby. It's a lot better. Still terrible, but a lot oh, better. The woke police will come in on the Cosby. Right. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Good lord! Uh, also establishing here early on the franchise, roughly the last fifteen to twenty minutes, it's chasing. Sh- yeah. Is the chasing? Is the chasing? We see it in part two. We see it in part three. three. Part four. Part five. Six. Seven. I mean, from the get go. Yeah. From the get go. But at least she's like, that's. Pretty damn smart. I would not have thought of tying a rope. My first instinct would have put shit in front of it, but not to like tie a rope to it. That's she, that's pretty brilliant. This is why she's a she's clever. She's resourceful, but she's also she's a wilderness girl. She knows the outdoors. <laughs> she's resource. That's why the counselors could survive. And it also helps the fact that like aside from her being able to shove an arrow through bodies and mattresses. Betsy Palmer is not a supernaturally strong. No, he's well, not like she's not a lummox like her son, you know. Although there is there is some strength in the Voorhees blood because again to uh, pierce Bacon's throat there. So I don't know if it's canon because it's from the Evil Dead versus Freddy versus Ash, but oh. um, how Mrs. Voorhees finds a copy of the Necronomicon, and that's what brings Jason back to life. I actually really like those comics. They're a lot of fun. Although it'd be probably way too expensive, and obviously with the rights and everything. Especially part two. Oh, that's right. That's right. Especially part two. Freddy versus Jazz versus Jason 2, where he's Freddy's the president. That'd be impossible to do. Well, you know what? And I think that's where they belong, is in a graphic novel form 
where your imagination is the only limitation is the imagination. We're not talking about any kind of budget, mm-hmm. technology to bring it to life. That's good. And that's why I think... Although an animated series would be fucking dope. Like, if they made a Freddy versus, ja- versus Jason versus Ash cartoon movie, I'd be super down for that. Given the success that we're seeing with, like, Invincible, you know, hardcore, shit. hardcore violent, super graphic, mm-hmm. uh, there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked eventually of once the lawsuit is settled. If I hope it gets settled. The lawsuit is ever settled. Um, you know, you'll obviously ideally get more content for the Friday the 13th game. But it's also, I think because there's such a stigma against slashers now, there's no room I, for new ones. I don't know. I would. I think with the success we're seeing like with Freaky... With Fear Street, yeah, but with I'm, Happy Death Day, but all of those, what do you think could be a franchise? I mean, oh, what, what could be another? What could be another big horror icon? The closest we have is of new is Victor Crowley. Do we need another horror icon, or do do we need just a slew of quality slashers? And let's also introduce someone's going through. Uh, gla- someone's some going gl- through a window. Yeah, gla- sugar going glass window. Sugar glass. Charlie, Friday the 13th we're, sugar glass. We're almost done. You can go say hi for a sec. On all the Friday the 13th, a bunch of their budget goes to sugar glass. Oh, yeah. High sugar glass budget. <laughs> Cute. But uh, <laughs> feel free to push her if need be. Charlie Shenan. Charles Nanigans. Yeah. Use one of the uh, mini pillows. But uh, Charlie derailed. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I think quality slashers are coming, but at the same time, with a quality slasher and a villain, you want to see that cool slasher slash more. So it's almost inherently you want another sequel to a, a good slasher. Like, I'll know we'll never get it, but I still want another Madman Mars sequel. You know, I think that'd be rad. <laughs> well, I guess there's always going to be a need for that, but it's, again... How are you esta- How are you taking care of that need? Right. And is there a large enough audience out there for it? Which, I, you know, obviously I think there is. What gets me is that Betsy Palmer was fucking with her, and she goes to get her car. Now, first-time audience Betsy member. Betsy Palmer! <laughs> but she, and it's great. Like, in the script, it's probably like, I better establish who this is and what my purpose is. Because otherwise, it's like, who the hell are you? And also, her layered turtleneck combination that she's rocking. She looks like she comes from the shores of Maine now. Sorry I was late, but there was too much fog in the harbor. Don't, don't, don't go down to the Camp Crystal Lake there. The ground's sour. <laughs> Sometimes swimming is better. <laughs> and I guess also, for the most part, slashers are predominantly males. Right. It's not every day you see a female... Older, older female, female absolutely. And you, Mrs. Bates doesn't count. You don't. She's not a slasher. No, she's an she's opportunist. She's just a crazy fan, right? Mrs. Bates, she's just yeah. Norman's mom. That, or oh, I was also thinking of Kathy Bates in a misery. Oh, oh, you mean Annie Wilkes? Annie Wilkes, yeah. No, because she, she doesn't kill for fun. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Oh, so pretty and young. What kind of monster? Well, this, this, what kind of monster has two thumbs and could have done that? This monster. <laughs> well, she's very, she's, 
lends a bit of gravitas to the movie. Because mm-hmm. spe- she's old Hollywood. Yeah, she is. She is old Hollywood. And is she the perfect kind of like transitional point where in a lot of genre films, you are going to see the established older actors that maybe need some work, a la the John Saxons, uh, the Robert Forrester's. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say Robert Forrester. Look at that. And, and then in, only later on, do they have like that slump? And then, the, fuck, look at Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Love the. You know, like if he came up as the as the end, like, oh, hello, I'm Brendan Fraser, and he turns out to be the slasher. Fuck, that'd be rad. I'd be like, no way. Brendan Fraser was the slasher the whole time? Get the fuck out of town. Let's make a story. Let's make it happen. Right? Come on now. Do the mummy. <laughs> the Fraser's on, I'm all about, man. Uh, but no, no, you. a lot of people will lament that we don't have as many female slashers, but no, we have one in the OG, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, and you know what? And Freaky was a great female slasher. Freaky was a lot of fun. Freaky was a whole lot of fun. But it wasn't until like 1996 when Scream came out that I think it really cemented the difference of Friday the 13th from the franchise, mm-hmm. where we have Drew Barrymore... A la Annie getting killed because of no that what that was was a direct like nah, nah, from horror fans to not to normies yeah like that's fair I uh, I know the killer the killer's Jason wrong dummy every horror fan worth their salt knows that the first one first one is is Mama so are yeah, s- yeah you're gonna you can't you will not survive the slasher you are weak your bloodline is weak and you will not survive the winter. So are Stu and him just like bad like horror gatekeepers as it turns yeah, out? Exactly. They're horror trolls. Which is why, yeah, which is why they had to go. They're the same ones that like, oh, if you don't like Midsummer, you don't understand horror. That's them. If they were killers. Now this is where we should have done the double tap. The poker to the back of the back. That that's pretty rough, regardless. But one to the head. And she's padded. She's got that thick ass sweater, the yeah, tool she sweater. She, she might she, as well be bulletproof. She, she was dressed for a. Uh, uh, a, a late Camp Crystal. Man, Annie's been simmering in that hot Jeep that yeah, entire has, day. That's got to sting. You know she didn't crack the window. She, Mrs. Voorhees dresses for the job she wants, not the job she has. She doesn't. She has to kill these guys, but she'd rather be off lobster hunting off the coast of Maine. She'd rather be hanging out with the Gordon's Fisherman and the killer from I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> that... Because oh. that that is one of those that is an old salt. She's she's a big fan of most dangerous catch. Seriously, all you need is the 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 overall slickers and the yellow hat, and she's the Gordon's Fisherwoman. I'm watching that. I'm watching it all. Oh. Killer mommy, feed her fish sticks. And just like our first instance of something's very wrong with Pamela, mm-hmm. and that whole Jason speaking through her, which in the end. And I think why she eventually warmed to the role is it's just a vengeful mother. Right. A, a grieving mother. Just a mom who got pushed too far. Yeah. While they were making love. They were making love. That Her delivery of making love, just, I don't know what it is. It's something about it. It's, it's just it's, it's it's Betsy disdain. Palmer. It's just the making love. <laughs> Some of, they don't make a love. They well, when you're bang a bang and a boom. Yeah. They make amore. Well, if you're a camp counselor, you're not making love. No, you're you're doing like you're not making love like monkeys. No, monkeys make love. <laughs> they do not do it. The camp no. counselors do it. Yeah, the, <laughs> the go monkeys make the it a love. Do it. That's it. Every time now, there's this last year. We're gonna see the camp counselors that do it. <laughs> She's handy with the generator as well. Which part of the game, right? You have mm-hmm. to turn the generator on. 
Or you have if to do something with a generator? Okay. It's shut off. Okay. But if you're Jason, you can cut the generators. Of you course can you can. You can cut the phone lines. You can disable the cars. You can fuck with everybody. If if eventually we do something with the buds, the, the uh, slaps and beans games or whatever, when we twitch that, I'll have to eventually do something with Friday the Thirteenth. Now, good for Jason. Come good, dear. come. You know you're an old lady when you call somebody dearie, dearie. Come, dearie, I'm gonna kill you. How how afraid though does Alice have to be at this point? This maniacal old lady has like she's like speaking in tongues, basically. Right. She should have just popped her. Don't hit her with a ball of twine. They ain't going to do dick. That's Crystal Lake's largest ball of twine. <laughs> oh, there's your overalls. There's your fishing overalls. There they are. There they are. Well, after this, I'm going to go catch me some cod. <laughs> slap, slap. <laughs> no, there's Pamela Voorhees to Rick James. She, and she's really beating the piss out of her. She made her cry. Well, she, she made Adrian King cry. She's a stage actor, so they know you have to go for that occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like, the people in the back need to hear the slap genius. I'm old Hollywood. This is what I did to Joan Crawford. Slap and just beating the shit out of her. It's okay there, Charlie. We're going to go swim soon. Just chill out. But not in Crystal Lake. Not at Crystal Lake. No, Oh, no. That's even more terrifying. I don't think Shawnee Mission Park has a... Uh, um, a slasher? A sta- yeah, not not established at least. And knowing Charlie, because she likes to run into the deep woods, I'll run into the said slasher, and Charlie will be the death of me. Hopefully, you'll run into it just the reveal. That'd be good. You're like, oh no. Well, inevitably, if I do get taken out, uh, the satyr will come to my rescue and take out exactly. the Shawnee Mission slasher. Exactly. Ooh, the Shawnee Mission slasher. I like that. I like that too. She? She's Smart. Resourceful. Smart. But again, this is very extended. And it's been a while since I've seen this in the theater mm-hmm. as a theatrical one. I've seen part two, part four, part six, X. I'll tell you what, even if you've seen it a million times, especially in the theater, the very last jump scare still is effective and gives the fuck. And that's kind of a weird, wonderful shot. Oh. Just... Her mouth and the moon yeah. dissolving and shit. It's Sean S. Cunningham. Say what you will about him. He's I like his directorial style. Mm-hmm. He um, he establishes well. He does. He does very much that. Now, how long has it been? And we did. We actually watched Deep Star Six uh, just a few years ago for mm-hmm. Into the Mouth of March Madness. He also directed um, his collaborations. He's done. He's uh, very much a huge figure in the world of horror. Yeah. Kind of one of the lost figures as well. Because if you even think... his produ- productions that he does, but oh, he's yeah. not directing, he's produced a lot of like Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. No, I think he kind of get lost because when you think Friday the Thirteenth, you think Savini, you think Hotter, mm-hmm. you know. But Cunningham, as the producer and director, yeah. Well, it's, unfortunately, that might be changing now with the whole lawsuit. Everybody's looking into more, but maybe they'll find some more good stuff that he did. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, the qu- and, and same thing with Victor Miller. I mean, we'll see who we'll see who what the courts decide on who's right and who's wrong. It's not my place. Oh no! Oh no! No! And it's I'm not. not. I'm not getting any dogs in this fight. Although I wish whatever they fucking do, they fucking do it quick because I want some more shit on my game and I want more fucking Friday the Thirteenth movies. I want more Jason shit. <laughs> oh my And God. Pamela. And Pamela. Well, I'm glad that she came around to it eventually and was able to enjoy. The, the fans out there. 
because when you see her section in Camp Crystal Lake Memories, you can see she really enjoys it now, and mm-hmm. I'm glad she got to enjoy that. Because there are a lot of people that have been involved in this franchise that are now no longer with us, which is really sad. Oh, yeah. God damn you, George A. Romero in Amusement Park. That's still... That's an effective-ass movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Because we're getting close to the end here. I want to make sure I've gone through all my main p- talking points. Uh, you know, they were going to originally... Well, Sean asked one of the reasons why he didn't come back for part two. He wanted to actually do a Halloween where make this an anthology. Interesting. How? And I think early on a lot of them realized that, yeah, you're... You, there might be more possibilities with the anthology route, but unfortunately, People the crowd the slashers exactly. They wanted the consistency. They didn't want anything new. Once you establish something that works, as we saw with the franchise, with all the copycats, and if it ain't broke, you don't need to fix it. She's got that crazy smile. Oh, she she's plays bug out nuts so well. Yeah, she does so well, which. Makes you wonder, like, did we lose out on Betsy Palmer doing some cool genre stuff back in the day? Like, would she have made someone, like, she replaced maybe one of the actors in Spider Baby? Or or Mother's Boys, or Mother's Day? There we go, there we go. I think she could have went on to do some niche genre stuff, and I think she would have been a great asset to the horror film community aside from Halloween. It's almost a shame that after she realized where she had a good time, and she was meaningful she already was like you know what fuck it i'm too old to do this i don't want to do this no more you know that totally fair totally fair a very precious moment i must capture it now do, 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 do. that was in my head too i was thinking of the chase music it's almost benny hillian levels like shenanigans are abound like if like during well, the fight scenes, I was going to go, la, 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 could, la, Could Manfredini put together a shenanigan-esque theme right. for Friday the 13th? Because I think he could do it well. Because, okay, and I should also say this. I own two of the boutique vinyls that are available. I own the original, and I own part three. And part three, of course, is for the disco theme, because if we're being really honest... There's not that much variations in the scores from like movie to movie. Right. A lot of it is just little subtle changes. So if you know the disco theme being the outliner. Of course, well that's just such a weird little of its time but not really of its time because it came way after the time in many ways. Mhm. Dude, she Dude, she is a biter. She fights to win. Just nothing but a fury of fists and teeth. <laughs> She's got her polyden up on. She, she used to do polyden commercials, didn't she? I believe she did. Yeah, she's got her polyden on, on tight. She's got that shit on lock. That shit and not coming out. Right. She's like, I can even bite young teenagers. See, <laughs> and slow mo kill. Here slow we go. Slow mo kill is an old lady with a big old man hey, hands. She's doing her face, the Marcy face, right? And cue the tasso hands. Man hands. Man hands. <laughs> Think Jerry Seinfeld was a fan of the original I Friday the Thirteenth, so. or not a fan, or not a Pamela Voorhees had man, man hands. hands. What's the deal with man hands? Uh, <laughs> the full moon. Uh, you know what? By the way, speaking of Into the Mouth of March Madness uh, tournament winners, eventually we're going to be uh, going to the full moon and going to the Moors. Awesome, American Werewolf in London. Eventually, now you talked about the ending of the film. 
The fact that we only got bits and pieces and glimpses of little Jason drowning. The original ending of the film was not what we have. Mm -hmm. They included... Oh, this is my... Beyond the main theme, I love this end theme. The softer side of Friday? It's the AM Gold version, yes. Well, see, that's the thing because it's so peaceful and so serene and so beautiful that it lulls you instantly into this false sense of security. And we've survived the night. We are now in the safety of daytime. The music... We see the cops, and this early on, still, we haven't established, like, tropes for the most part. We're still making it up. She's safe. Mm-hmm. Pamela Voorhees is dead. You ain't coming back from a decapitation. Right. We've established there is no supernatural stuff in this. I will make an argument there's if there's any supernatural in your movie, it's not Jallo. But in any other movie, the cops are here. We're good, genius. Mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of watching a scared person watch this movie for the first time. It was when I was living in Lawrence. I came in. I was somewhere else. They were all watching it in the living room. She lost her shit with the jump scare. I was at Crypticon, and they were showing this in the uh, movie room, and I walked in waiting for the next room, and it was right at the beginning of the scene, right? Mm-hmm. And it's... Oh, he's calling her. Oh. Yeah, and it's a full house because it's Crypticon, right? Once this happened, you hear people, shit! I mean, like, seasoned horror vets and first-timers get taken by this jump scare. With due cause, because it's a frightening, it's a good jump scare. The, the entire setup of this, every establishing piece, the zoom-in and the Jesus God, that's frightening. Right. Now, that comes about because of the ending of Carrie, of which they all loved and they knew they needed a jump scare, something to end the movie memorably with. And this, for better or worse, <laughs> depending on where you stand, is the best way to end the movie or the best way to open the movie and then expand the franchise, right. the universe, the mythology. And they just left that door wide fucking open, didn't they? They're like, you know what? They weren't going in to expecting to make more, but they're like, you know... Let's go ahead and keep it just in case. And that's the way to look at it. Just in case. And again, the very reason that Savini worked on The Burning rather than Friday the 13th Part 2 is because, well, Jason's dead. Pamela's dead. What do we... Here, let me ask you this. Do we bring in, like, the bastard child of Pamela Voorhees for the remake? Like, some other known sibling she had that... Or Elias Voorhees. Elias the the dad. I, I think there are many ways, many ways we can do this. Um, the ambiguity of the endings of Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. where's Paul, uh, who is still alive. The boy, he's dead too. Such an innocent look right I there. Know. It's so good. Adrian, she's so good in this film. So good. I'm so glad that she was rec- able to reconcile everything. Um, and that the stalker didn't get her. I'm glad they were reconciling that with too. You're gonna be able to get that guy. People, be better. You, we we know you can do this. Be better, people. He's still out there. He's real. Bump, <laughs> bump, 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 bump. Lore of the Crystal Lake, telling of our horrors. Mrs. Boy, he's the one who did the crimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we settle in on closing of Friday the 13th, this, maybe, maybe it was just the conversation, maybe it was the company, but this one, 
felt familiar, almost like a warm blanket. And maybe this is because I don't revisit this every year. I don't revisit it every... I only revisited it a few years ago because of Into the Mouth of March Madness. Mm -hmm. So I think if I let myself a little bit of breathing room, also, is that Jason breathing? Right. Uh, Who knows? But if I give myself every few years, I think I can really truly appreciate this one more and more. It's an OG classic for a reason. It's one of the quintessential slasher films for a reason. Harold Crosby's bill there, buddy. And and only now will Charlie start chomping on her bone there. So um and okay, I let's just say he shall not be named as Jason. We yeah. will leave it at that, depending on how you feel. Um I know they were just making a little B movie, but it's one of those that oh, stunt work, Tom Savini, even better. Hey Sean, you wanna see me do a backflip? Check it out. Bring it on, sex machine. <laughs> no, I it, a franchise that has brought so many people so much joy. Um, one of my favorite franchises. There's no wrong way to watch a Friday the 13th film, a double feature, a marathon. Triple feature. I mean, you have all the different arcs. And hopefully, of course, uh, you watch this on Friday the 13th. But if you're in the Kansas City area, yep. on Friday the 13th in August. Part two, baby. The scariest one. Absolutely. With, with Jenny. Yeah. We're the bagheads. Where the bag at CB4 is playing this evening, just so you should know. Excellent. Whether you're a regular at Gusto's or uh, whether it's Screenland, um, we always appreciate what we do here. Now, in the month of September, I know new horror-wise, we've got that lined up. Mm -hmm. Uh, The August new horror film will be Jacob's Wife, Mm -hmm. uh, which will be streaming on Shudder. Our Shudder shout-out is going to be Jacob's Wife in another Barbara Crampton film. So we're a lot of Crampton. Uh-huh. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the commentary for the month of September we're still working on. But in the month of uh, October, mm-hmm. all Halloween all the time, mm-hmm. with Halloween Kills as the new horror, and Halloween 2018 as the commentary. So until that time, as we go out with the Paramount logo, This is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. (laughs)